Cue fake podcast music. Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan murder, mysteries, histories, and other random mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. First, I want to talk about um, we have a follower who listens to our podcast. I think her name might be pronounced Alicia, A L I S I A, which I like because my name is Alethea. Our name's very similar. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I didn't just murder her name though. But she's been sending us really funny videos. Oh, God, they're great. Yeah, and the one where I was like, oh, my gosh, she is the perfect blend of me and you. She was out in a chicken coop with a glass of wine, a cigarette, a fur coat. <laughs> Can't get that because I own one. Yeah, like you... you. I am a fur fanatic. Yeah, you have furs. You, you like to drink your wine. Uh-huh. I smoke and I help my mom tender chickens. Yeah. Which uh, I just thought, oh, my gosh, she's the perfect blend of us. I know, and right? she sends the funniest videos. <laughs> Yeah, so thanks, Alicia. That thank is, you. That is, thank you. And if I pronounced your name wrong, um, Jen, sorry. No, just joking. <laughs> I questioned it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, I, she's great. Yeah. I enjoy reading her messages and seeing her videos. I think you have two really interesting stories because we just, we just talked about them before we went mm-hmm. here. And I think maybe you should go first. But I want to say, yeah. I have one, another one where I might pronounce the name wrong because it's like 17 letters. I pronounce everything wrong. We're going to call him D when I tell this story. D. Yep. You want to like tell me? Like Big D? Yeah. You know what? We can call him Big Daddy D if he wants. <laughs> Whatever you I don't even know what your story is about. So I don't know if that's appropriate yet. Well, D dies. <laughs> so, sorry, D. That happens sometimes. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna go first? Because your stories were really interesting. As soon as you said them, I was like, let's get moving. I All want right. to know. Two stories. I, I must admit, I was trying to read the computer when you weren't looking. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I have two stories. One is a 1985 cold case murder of Barry Crane. Okay. That's in Los Angeles. Okay. What happened? Well, I want to tell everybody what my other one is. Okay, tell everybody. they can think That's about true. it the whole time I'm talking about Barry Crane. Because it is a... And then I got a story. Texas, man is caught with naked, dead wife's body in the passenger's seat after going through fast food restaurant drive through See, that is really interesting that yeah. he has a, his naked, dead wife with him. Yeah. That's interesting. All right, well, we're going to do the 1985 murder of Barry Crane first. What happened to Barry? So Barry Crane was a well-known television producer and director in the 80s. Wait, from Hogan's Heroes? Well, he did a lot. I only wrote down a few, which was Mission Impossible, Wonder Woman, and Dallas. Oh, okay. Could be. No, I I think think I'm thinking of a different Crane. Because he was, the list of television shows he was involved with was very long. So Hogan's Heroes could be on there. Bob Crane, his name is? Barry. Okay, I think I'm thinking about Bob Crane, but I might be wrong. Go ahead. Okay, I'm going to have to Google that one. Fuck, I'm sorry. Great. Wait, is a sex tape involved? No, there's no sex tape involved. Okay, the crane I'm thinking about was murdered and there were sex tapes involved. Why is there always sex tapes? I don't know, because I've been sent unsolicited dick pics and I've been sent, like, send me one back and I'm right back. Fuck no, I'm not sending you shit. I'm not going to have that out there in space. He said send you... Send one back. Oh, you oh, I you should have sent him one back. A dick pic back? Yeah. <laughs> Was this before Google? Where were you? Yeah. Wait, not, not really, but where the 
fuck were you when I needed you? I was just like, no, oh put that God, away. That's... Don't send me any more oh, of those. Oh, yeah, no, and I Then at one point, that. I was like, where are you? And he's like, at work. Put that away. Oh, Okay. Wow. Yeah, you must Adventurous. be bored. Put this shit away. <laughs> oh, I would have totally, totally Googled it. Yeah, for it. Got to be specific. It's like what I learned. I'm watching this TV series, The Magicians, and there's an episode where there's a genie. And I told my sister, I said, "Oh, I want. I wish I had a genie." And she was like, "No, you don't, because it's not. You have to be careful what you ask for." And she had me watch this other movie. Yeah. To prove that, you know, you really don't want a genie. So that's kind of that moment. Like, he asked. He right. should have been more I should have done. I should have genied him and just yep. showed him a, a different guy's dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Right. Barry Crane. Uh, Crane died at his L.A. home in July of 1985 after being beaten and choked to death. He was found wrapped in sheets in his garage. Wow. The only items missing from Crane's home was his wallet and Cadillac car. Oh, shit. So. Those are two. A Cadillac is a big item to be missing. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, and at some point they did find the car. Oh, okay. They did find the car because they got prints off the car. I don't have the, that detail, but I do know what happened. Okay. So, case goes cold. So, fast forward all the way to May. Okay. I'm into everything's happening in May. May is the month of catching people. Right. Ed Hyatt was arrested in North Carolina and charged with Barry Crane's murder. At the time of the murder, Ed was 18 and was a drug addict. Wow. Through the DNA the FBI gathered from picking items out of Ed's trash, they linked his fingerprints to the prints on Barry's Cadillac. Oh, wow. FBI state stated Ed Hyatt confessed to them in an interview that he did kill Barry Crane. When asked by reporters, he claimed he didn't know anything about it. He only had gotten bits and pieces. He talks about God and how his life's different now. Does he have but, a touch of the crazy? Yeah, when I'm saying this, like, okay, he talks about God... He did, it's like just rambling. Yeah, like rambling. They're asking him questions, but really, I had to watch it five times to get that. Just okay. Okay. You were such a drug addict, you don't remember. Okay. You could have because you're getting like these flashes. Oh, is that from God? Oh. You know, telling him this is what he did. Okay. So a touch of the crazy. Yeah, touch of the crazy. Okay. It could just be all the drugs. It could be all the drugs. So, a touch of your brain being eaten. Yeah, but we have to follow that one. Okay, yeah. So now, man goes to fast food restaurant drive through and his dead wife's in the car. And there was a few articles that didn't say the guy was naked, but people thought he may be naked. So she, the dead, his dead wife is naked in the passenger seat of the car as he pulls through the drive through Mm-hmm. And it's possible he, the, the husband and driver, is also naked. Yeah, it is possible. And elderly? Yes. He's 70. I hope nobody sees me naked at 70. Yeah. Or just one special person. But nobody person. said for sure he was naked. <laughs> People were like, we think he was naked. So I'm not really sure. You know, it's kind of like telephone. Yeah. Or 
all your somebody trying to make the story a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, but come on. I mean, if you just tell the story, it's good enough. It's good enough. So in May, yes, May of this year, I'm on a roll with May. You like May. I know. I like May. Rodney Puckett, age 70, was caught driving with his naked, dead wife's body, Linda, in the passenger seat in Eloy? E-L-O-Y? Okay. Eloy? Eloy, Arizona. Okay. Rodney went through a drive-thru of a fast food restaurant where the employee noticed a woman with her face down and legs up in the air. She was covered with like a blanket. Okay. But her legs were sticking out. While Rodney was waiting for his food in the drive-thru, a local detective stopped into the restaurant. What's the luck of that, right? That's awesome, actually. (laughs) The detective was alerted and Rodney was pulled over as he was pulling out of the parking lot. Rodney told the police they were on their way to California, stopped and stayed in El Paso, Texas, at a hotel. The next morning, he couldn't wake his wife, so he just loaded her up in the car and continued on to California. Do you think he was in denial that she was dead? No, I think he knew what he was doing. You think That's he, my own, do you my think opinion. he might have killed her? I think he might have. Oh, wow. So police pulled the security videos from the El Paso Hotel and seen Rodney coming out of his hotel with his wife covered in blankets on a luggage cart. I don't know how. No one's seen this. Right. Looking into Rodney and Linda, it was found they were married in 2011 and were currently getting a divorce. And Linda had a restraining order against Rodney. Oh, he killed her. So he killed her. Shit, Becky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> currently, that's why I think he did it. Currently, <laughs> Rodney is being held in penal. P-I-N-A-L, county jail, on charges of abandonment or concealment of a body with a $100,000 bond. The medical examiner did find minor blunt force trauma, but has not yet released the cause of death. So we have to watch this one. Oh, yeah. But she's elderly, so he's 70 and she's 74. Yeah. And, you know, experience from my grandmother, you know, elderly people fall. Yeah. You know, so... Maybe she fell and hit her head. Fuck no, he killed her. He could have. She has a restraining order against him. She's divorcing him. They show up together and funnily, that's when she dies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just... I mean... Well, look at you so sweet. Look at you so sweet. I know, I'm just trying... He's 70. So 70-year-olds can kill. And I'm wondering, (laughs) you know, we did the one... I can't remember what one we did. It was the 911 call. Where she got charged, that elderly charge. Oh, where she tried to beat him to death with a VHS tape? VHS tape. And there's that extra charge you can get if you Oh, for harming an elderly person. And so I'm just thinking, since he's elderly, will he be charged Is that that elder abuse? Yeah, is it elder abuse? I don't know. When two elders... I bet you there's there's somebody out there that knows the law right now. But we gotta follow this one because I'm not. Maybe he's not in his right mind. No, I'm thinking he. I, I'm. Well, I was like, oh, he's not in his right mind. Till you're like, no, he has a pattern of hurting uh, the, his spouse. Then I was like, oh, fuck it, he's that he did it. Yeah, and maybe he just <laughs> maybe he just thought he was gonna get away with. I mean, she her legs. Maybe he was taking her body to dump her, 
And he just thought they that... were supposedly going together to California on a trip. Yeah, sure. Is she's trying to get the restraining order and divorce him. Bullshit. Okay, I'm gonna tell you about elderly my... people don't lie. Oh, jeez. Bless your heart. I... <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you got? Okay, I can't pronounce his name, but we're gonna say Darny Royo Chikenyu Jones Stickerson. It's D. 17 letters long. D-A-R-N-Y-R-E-O-U-C-K-E-O-N-U. Wow. Okay, D. All right, so we're going to call him D. D. On October, 20, or October 5th, 2016, a car with four passengers pulled up to the Kingwater Party Store in Mount, in Mount Morris, which is in Genesee County. Two males got out of the car, telling the two teen girls in the front that they were to drive on without them. So they told the girls, leave us here. The girls did leave the party store parking lot, but turned into an adjacent lot to see what the teenage males they had dropped off were doing. So they turned around to see what they were up to. The girls heard gunshots and saw the guys they dropped off firing into a red pickup truck. The truck pulled away from the party store and crashed about 100 yards from the store's parking lot. The two, teen, the two male teenagers were cousins, Dequavon Harris, who was 19, Kimo Parks Jr., who was 18 years old at the time of their crime. DeQuavon had been charged with the murder of another teen in 2014, but the case was dropped after witnesses failed to testify. The man in the truck was D. Jones Dickerson. Okay. Okay. He was 20 years old at the time of his death. When police arrived at the crash site, he was dead from five bullet wounds. It is believed that DeQuavon and Chemo killed Jones Dickerson in revenge for the death of one of their cousins, for which they believed D. was responsible. According to the teen girls, DeQuavon and Kimo sat in the back seat of the car whispering to each other, and before they got out, Kimo handed DeQuavon a gun. It was DeQuavon who pulled the trigger. He also created a rap song, this is what DeQuavon did, that later contained details of the shooting, including the fact that it was done in revenge. So he does a rap song and explains that he shot D and that he did it in revenge. In October 2018, now at the ages of 20 and 21 years old, the two cousins were charged and convicted of first-degree murder, felony firearm charges, and concealed weapon charges. They were given um, sentences of life in prison without the possibility of parole. That's what happened to those guys. Hmm. Now this next one is a little bit sad, so I do a funny one as my third one to wrap it up. Okay. Okay. So this one is about a girl named Kamaya, and sometimes they call her Kamaya French, and sometimes they call her Kamaya Gross. Because her mom's last name is Gross and her dad's last name is French. And so they switch okay. it around. So on July 1st, 2014, Kamaya French, who was two years old, was playing on the front lawn with her 12-year-old friend, Chelsea. Kamaya's father, Kenneth French, and his friend, Tony Holt, who was Chelsea's mom, were sitting on the front porch. Kenneth and his daughter, Kamaya, were visiting at Tony's house. Ramon Jackson and a friend, Raphael Hearn, drove by the property seeing Kenneth on the porch. Three months previous, Raphael had been shot while out with his motorcycle club. Police found text communications that said Raphael believed that Kenneth French had a role in his shooting and that he wanted retaliation. So this is his revenge. It is believed that the two men waited months to act because they were waiting for Ramon to have his ankle tether removed. So Ramon's on house arrest, and so it takes a month to, months to get their revenge. The two men drove around the house and parked the car in the back. Ramon walked around the side of the house with a gun. Raphael stayed in the car as the getaway driver. 
As soon as Ramon cleared the side of the house, he started shooting. Kenneth, Chelsea, who was 12, and Kamaya, who was 2, had several gunshot wounds. At one point during the attack, Ramon walked up to two-year-old Kamaya and shot her in the head, execution style, execution style at point-blank range. Asshole. Yes. It is believed that Ramon wanted Kamaya's death to be the last thing that Kenneth saw. So he walks up and shoots this guy's toddler execution style, so it's the last thing he sees. Afterwards, Ramon ran back to the car where Raphael was waiting. The two men then fled the scene. There is surveillance video of the men walking along Detroit's Riverwalk on the day of the shooting. It is believed that they disposed of the gun in the river and it was never um, recovered. Mm -hmm. The two men, Ramon and Raphael, were charged jointly in front of the same jury. Ramon was found guilty of first-degree premeditated murder of Kamaya, torture, he's convicted of torture, for the mental torture he inflicted on Kenneth by executing his, do- his um, toddler daughter in front of him, and two counts of assault with the intent to murder for Kenneth and Chelsea, because they both survived, and a felony weapons charge. Raphael has the same charges, but as an aider and a, and a better. Did they, he know that... They were going to survive, or did he think... He thought he, was, he killed all he, three. Uh, he thought he killed all three. But the only okay. one who really died was the two-year-old that he shot point mm-hmm. blank. So in March of 2015, they were both convicted and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Ramon expresses remorse over what he did, but I say fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him. You, you shot a two-year-old in order to torture her father point blank. Fuck you. Uh, Raphael has appealed his sentence, claiming he should have been tried separately from Ramon, but his appeal was denied. That's what I did think about. Like, wow, I can't believe they chose to do it together. Yeah, they said that they did it together. They planned it together yeah. via the text. Ultimately, yeah. yeah. So, and when you do it together, it actually saves some money. Now you don't have to do two separate trials. Yeah. So here's the funnier one because that okay, involved a sad. I know, sad as shit. shit. I know. Ready? Uh-huh. In September of 2018, Brendan Mullins, Brenda Mullins of Detroit snapped after finding more dog poop in her yard. She claims that her neighbor's dog kept using her lawn as a commode. Brenda decided to seek revenge <laughs> on the dog's owners by smearing their dog's poop on their front door. Unfortunately for Brenda, her doo-doo deeds were caught on camera because the porch has a camera on it. Oh, like one of those rings? Yep, but this is the kind that just points down all the time. Yeah. And Brenda's neighbor claims that she never spoke to them about the pooping. Brenda isn't hiding what she did, and she considers herself a vigilante. She said, like in the article that I linked to, I am a vigilante, and this needed to be done. Smearing shit on somebody's (laughs) door does not make you a vigilante. (laughs) Although I did one time, do you want me to be, one time I did something similar. So, uh, I live in a condo, and my neighbors, I had a neighbor who was letting her dog poop everywhere. And one day, it must have just pissed somebody the fuck off because they gathered up all the dog poop that she didn't collect and set it on her front lawn. And and at one point, she's like, did you see that? Did you see what someone did? It was a big pile. And I just want to be like, if it was a big pile, shame on you. That means you were letting your dog shit everywhere and not pick it up, right? Well, then, a year later, there's another woman just letting her dog shit all over. And it's the sidewalk where I'm trying to walk my dog. Just little, And it's a small dog, so maybe she thought, oh, it's just little poop. But hundreds of little poop make a difference, lady. Yeah. So I gather up all her poop and set it on her porch like, hey. 
Oh my god. It worked for my neighbor. She stopped, but she's like, was it you? I'm like, no, it wasn't me. I'm not that motivated. But I was like, but you gave me an idea. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, and she actually that did start picking up her dog shit, but like, if I don't want to step in your dog shit. In my neighborhood, there's people that have signs. Really? Yeah, telling you to pick up your dog's poop and then like this one lady that provides bags. Are you kidding me? This one lady gave me, she must have been elderly and I haven't seen her since and I walk my dog all the fucking time. But I was walking and she had one of those signs like, do not walk on grass. And it's that little tiny patch of grass between the sidewalk and, you know, the street. And I don't know, I'm walking my dog. We don't both walk on the sidewalk. So he like walks through her grass and she like glared lasers at me from the porch. Oh. But I was like, fuck you, nobody uses this patch of land. Oh, well, you know, that's the easement and it's not... Past, on the other side of the sidewalk, no one owns that. It's a city. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't own that. that. Yeah, you don't uh, own that as an owner. Oh, fuck you, lady. Uh, yep. Then we're walking through it twice yep. now. You cannot. Yeah, <laughs> you can't lay claim to it. They okay. can come and, and take it away. I've only ever heard of that part called, like, the Devil's Patch. That, like, the grassy median. Mm -hmm. I've always heard that called the Devil's Patch. I don't know what else it's called. I don't know. That patch of grass. Like, in the middle of a highway. The grassy median. Yeah, I don't know oh, grassy okay. median. I don't know what it's called. Right. <laughs> You're like, now it's the grassy yeah. median. <laughs> You've been listening to Michigan Another Mayhem with Allie and Jen. Connect with us at michiganandothermayhem.com to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, access show notes, find site links, or correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and YouTube. Bye bye now.